listeners, welcome to the next session. An advice podcast for game masters who are seeking help with their next game session. I'm Adam Johns. And I'm Melissa Johns. And we are coming uh, to you live from Adam's new office, which is um, hella echoey. Live is kind of... I mean, we're live. We're live right now. <laughs> yeah, but like not to the audience. It's like very... Maybe reported. they will suspend their disbelief and think that we're talking to them right now. Yeah. Ha! That was a clever thing for you to say. I meant the listener. Why would they listen? Why would they talk while they're listening to our podcast? Because they think they're talking to us. That no, no, that's not how podcasts work. Oh, well, that was kind of what I was referring to. (laughs) If you are an audience in um, a show, you you don't talk during while the performers are up there talking. You you don't do that. No. Oh, we have very different show experiences. This is why you don't come to shows with me. That's not a common theater practice. That's terrible. You are, you sir, are rude. <laughs> I know, Ariel. That that your dad is annoying. Don't go in there. Why don't would go she in go in there? I don't know. Just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so we have an interesting show today because we have two two questions about rats. About rats. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I thought I thought this would be our rat episode. Oh. It's also kind of weird because our, we just got a new house and our new house has rats. Yeah. So this is a tribute to our rats, I guess. Oh, there you go. Sorry the we called tribute. Sorry we call the exterminators. Yeah. Please don't hate us. This this one's for you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um so our first next session help question comes from Young Comfy. Young, comfy. Both are spelled wrong, but that's okay. Really young and very comfy. They're so comfortable, they don't need to spell right. I mean, that is a level of comfy that I'm envious of, really. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Young, comfy says, how would a were-rat respond to a talisman with a rat on it, slash what magical significance would it hold? Wait, a what rat? What? A were-rat. A were-rat? Their rat? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm planning on having an optional quest involving two were-rats while two of my PCs have the rat pentacle trinkets. I've been trying to think of flavor to tie the two together, but all I can think of is a healing talisman for the lycanthropy, but how would they know to use the talismans? Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting idea. I like the talisman... What was it called? The rat pentacle trinkets. Yeah, that's a fun. In that's my, just a fun concept. In my head, instead of it being just a pentacle, it's like a, it's like a star made out of rats. Is this like a uh, Pied Piper kind of thing? You think? Oh, like, that's a good idea. Like the rat pentacle trinket brings all the rats to you. Um, I like the idea that maybe the specific where rats. Um, react to the rat pentacle trinkets, and suddenly you gain. The ability to talk to them. I mean, that's cool because then you can you can just make this like a whole were rat society kind of thing. Okay, wait. Into. Let's talk about this. Is there a Would, rat king? No, no, no. Hold on. A were rat is that a person that turns into a rat, or is that a rat that turns into a werewolf? Uh, or a rat that turns into a person? Right. Okay, so in Dungeons and Dragons, it's usually a person that turns into a rat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, all the were creatures are all people who turn into them, that thing. Interestingly, they never really get into the differences between the different various fantasy races turning yeah, into. Yeah, like what would an elf turning into a wolf right, be? Right, would they, would they be different somehow? Is that a werewolf a, with a extra human ears? werewolf or, or like a tiefling turning into a wolf? Would they have horns? Um, the red wolf. Yeah. You know, I used to, I played WoW for a long time. And the druids, there were only a few races in the game that could be druids. But they, their forms looked different. 
Mm-hmm. So the you know the um, uh, the night elf druid looked you know very elven in their panzer form or whatever, um, and then the taurins uh, turned into instead of a panther like a like sort of a lioness uh, kind of form. You played WoW before there were pandas, right? Yes. Okay, because I remember when the whole panda thing came out and everyone was going nuts over pandas and WoW, was and I was like, I have no clue what's happening. Yeah, panda race. Is there a panda race in Dungeons and Dragons? No, but there like, should be. Feel like there should be, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not any of the questions. No, all of those are are totally off topic. Where rats? Okay, so we've got this talisman. The question is just how would the where rats respond to this? Yeah, I've been trying to think of a flavor to tie the two together: the players that have the rat pinnacles, and then two where rats in this optional side quest. And they were thinking about maybe it's a healing talisman for the lycanthropy. Okay, so let's let's assume because we don't totally know in the question for you know comfy whether or not the were rat talismans already have a magical property that they they do. Maybe they're just talismans and they haven't discovered any kind of magical property yet. The rat pentacle trinkets, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, and so we don't know we don't know what effect they have on rats. Uh, maybe they don't have any effect at all. Maybe they only have an effect on these were rats, or maybe they've never come across rats. So we get to make up a brand new magical effect for it. That's sort of what I'm getting at. Um, that being said, um, I like the idea of communication. Sounds sounds really good. Um, I kind of like the idea that it could give the wearer rat features, mm. like turn them into almost like a rat mask, where they just grow like rat like features for their face, so that they can fit in. Maybe in a were-rat society? So they've... Uh, my understanding is that these player characters have had the rat pentacle trinkets already. So maybe... So maybe why would only, they not know? Maybe it only applies when they finally get close enough to a were-rat. Oh, like they need a were-rat escort to make this effect happen? Or they have to be close enough for the pentacle's magic mm. to, to like, react in that way. I like that idea, um, but I'm also thinking maybe the were-rats can do something to the pentacle trinkets to then give it a magical property. Oh. Like, it doesn't have one already, but the were-rats go, oh, I see you have the pentacle of whatever, of Dionysus. And, sure, yeah, yeah. And we have to scratch it. We have to scratch it with our magical claws, and suddenly you can now become a were-rat at will. Hmm. If you're wearing it, you can turn into a rat if you want. It does sound like these two were-rats that they're going to come across are just sort of NPCs in maybe a puzzle or a combat or something like that. Like, they're just sort of throwaway NPCs, not necessarily important to the plot. Right. Um, I do like the idea that because you have these these talismans, you can now, you know, have an advantage on on something or, or be able to solve a puzzle that was otherwise unsolvable. Because you can now talk to these were-rats instead of trying to fight them or something like that. Okay, the pentacle, or the uh, trinket is a pentacle. Pentacle is, pentacle. is five, right? Yeah. Right. And these rats um, come across these trinkets with the people and say, um, follow me. And you end up down into the dungeon and they show you their rat fighting ring mm-hmm. where they have raised these five young tortles. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Five pentacles, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that <laughs> I've what's, been training them in martial arts. What's the arts. fifth turtle's name? <laughs> well, Titian. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Since it's actually a Renaissance painter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for anybody who doesn't get that joke, uh, you should watch the 
what is it called? Douglas. Yeah, Patch uh, Douglas. It's just called Douglas. Hannah Gadsby's Douglas. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Special. It's really good. Um, okay, so there's five turtles. Yeah. So, well, here's that's what I was thinking is that these uh, pentacle trinkets would get you into the Were Rat Society. They sure. are like a like a you can pass safely through here. Maybe the um, maybe the players are the are the final pentacle or whatever. Each of the turtles each have one, and then the players have. I guess the the players would probably have more than the players have two. One. Players have two. Two of my PCs have the rat pentacle trinkets. Okay. I like I do like the the nod to Ninja Turtles on this, which would be really fun. I think that would be a super fun way to to do this. Uh, in fact, that's so much fun that I would alter some of the parts of what's going on. Like I would make it just one rat, where rat instead of two, and like to make it a real setup for for this kind of thing. What would his name be instead of Splinter? What would it be? Um, Master Paper Sli- Cut Sliver. Master Sliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I change all all of the characters' names to very slight variations on the on the same name. Michelangelo Bro. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, Braphael. Braphael. <laughs> they all they're all they're all frat boys. Oh now, my gosh, is the, is the theme that we're going with. We went from high renaissance. I know it's a, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a hard flip. It's a hard flip in the other direction. And you you know you can only do it once, right? Michelangelo bro, you can't also do Donatello bro because it doesn't no, work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Dudatello. Dudatello. No, I'll be this what? is terrible. <laughs> this is all awful. What we created here is pretty terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, young comfy. You can't. You sought wisdom. I know, and we've week. given you this. This is what you've got in return. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they're really into Ninja Turtles. It's to- it's totally possible. What if what if the were rats Okay, so I like I like the Ninja Turtles. Route. Of course I think, you do. I think that's You're the a child one, the of the nineties. I'm a child of the nineties. That is We the were one born that in I the eighties, but we're children of the nineties. Um but I uh if I if I was gonna propose another idea, um I might suggest that I like the idea that there are were rats and that they are trying to recover their own I- idol or something like that, something that was maybe stolen from them. artifact. Yeah, and so you're you're down here now, and you you can encounter them, and they are basically also sort of archaeologists. They're like Indiana Jones esque characters, um, and they're like, well, since you're here, would you help us recover this ancient artifact that's you know part of our culture that we're trying to get back? Um, and then you can just ask for your help. And then the talismans can really just be, uh, you know, oh, you can talk to us because you have these talismans. They let us know that you're friendly or whatever. They, you know, ensure us the opportunity to, to connect with one another. Or maybe they help reveal who is a were-rat and who is not. Mm, that's an interesting idea. Uh, because they just look like humans. people. They yeah. just look like humans. So they react somehow in the presence of were-rats, much like Sting from The Hobbit. Sure. They glow or mm-hmm. or um or they reveal the 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 look, you know. When a were rat comes close, oh, they like, they grow whiskers or something. Or the in pen- the the pentacle trinkets, um maybe maybe there's an aspect you can slide away and look through it, and if you look through it you can see who is actually a were rat and who's not. That'd be cool though, I don't know how I would give the nod to the players to like Hey, you guys should all choose this one random moment to look into your look <laughs> to look through. You your have the trinket trinkets. fall out of their pocket, and something slides away and breaks. Yeah, yeah. 
Done. Hey, do were rats also get revealed by the full moon like a werewolf? It's a good question. Is it all wolves the full clearly moon? have a have a connection to the moon, right? That kind of makes sense. Would were rats be like New York City pizza or <laughs> garbage? Or That's something? what I have to assume. Like a full it? dumpster. <laughs> full dumpster. Oh man, the night moon. before trash night oh, every time. That's a- that's a tough night for Man. And instead of once a month, like werewolves, it's once a week for us. I feel like we're we're probably being like, uh, I feel somehow like I'm being really mean to wear to wear rat people. We're being um wear rat racist. I know that's what I, that's what I'm, I'm worried about. Wear um, ratsist. I know because rats are actually very intelligent and friendly creatures when they are not wild and and in our crawl space infesting your crawl space. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so like. I, I understand rats as pets. They seem like great pets. But um, but I also think that the jokes are real easy on this one. <laughs> My friend Charlotte had um, a rat when we were in college. Her name was Tilly. She was very sweet. I don't think I could have a rat pet and not name it Splinter. I mean, that basically... Is there is there another ratatouille? Maybe would be the other choice that but I. But his name I, was Remy. His, his name, name was Remy. I would ratatouille was the name of true. the food. Yeah. Anyway, God damn him, Remy. Young Comfy, I'm sorry. We do have another rat question coming up, so maybe we'll answer your maybe question. We'll give you a better in the answer next... in the next unrelated question. Yes. Sorry. You're great. Keep doing what you're doing. Let's move on. <laughs> we clearly, we're knocking it out of the park already. I feel like I feel like we should totally move on from that. It's you know what it is? It's the echo chamber. It's totally what it is. We need to get we soundproofing get, in here. Yeah. I apologize if you're listening and it sounds a little echoey. Yeah. We'll 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 continue to make improvements as this goes. We'll on. do better. Yeah. Um Gaelic Pontiff. Gaelic Pontiff. At That's first I kept reading it as Garlic Pontiff. <laughs> Which also Which is, is pretty fun. <laughs> I think a way better name. Yeah. So I like Gaelic Pontiff. Gaelic Pontiff says, Okay, so this is a little involved, so I'll try to explain. I use a lot of Warhammer fantasy lore in my game, and the Skaven, which are rat men, have been especially popular. Keeping with the new lore for how beholders reproduce, I had a beholder have repeated nightmares of the horned rat after he was nearly killed by Skaven assassins. This manifested in a rat-faced beholder with 13 eye stalks. Both species are known to be megalomanical. Megalomanical? Did I say that right? I think so, yeah. Megalomanical. Megalomanical. And have a a god complex. This beholder is convinced it's the actual horned rat and Skaven have actually started worshipping it. What are some additional eye rays and abilities I could add to it to give it a unique flair? My party is 6 level, 13 players. 13 players? Oh no, sorry. Six. Oh, jeez. Gaelic Pontiff, I was worried for you. No, I read it wrong. Six level 13 players. Uh, yeah, that makes, that makes yes. sense. And all, six is still a lot, it's but still a lot, level but 13. Whoo, yeah. boy. And all but one are veteran players who played the game for years. Ooh. Okay. So in order to actually figure out this, the answer to this question, especially if you're a new game master or a new Dungeons & Dragons player, we should explain Beholders. Beholders are actually a um, unique property that is actually owned by Wizards of the Coast. So they're the big eyeball. They're the big eyeball floaty things. Yeah, they're basically floaty heads uh, with a mouth and an eyeball, and they have little tentacles or stalks coming off of their head that are have more eyeballs. Yeah, that all have smaller eyeballs. They're 
to they've got tentacle hair with eyeballs on the ends. Now in Dungeons and Dragons, um, the each tentacle has their own special power. So if you're ever fighting a beholder, and there's lots of beholder lore, I totally encourage you to look them up. They're very yeah. interesting. Apparently, creatures. they can reproduce. I did not know that. So beholders reproduce by having nightmares. I did not. They have know a nightmare, that. and then they cause another beholder to come into existence. I think beholders are my nightmare. Yeah. So I wouldn't. Well, know. so moreover from that, beholders don't. don't they like they don't um, get along with each other. They they kind of hoard into caves, and then they are obsessed with power, and they are obsessed with. Um, wealth and, and sort of the gaining of those things uh mostly power i think more than more than wealth they aren't quite dragons it's more of an obsession with so them. when i see a picture of a beholder and it's got like 13 little identical things each one of those does a different thing yes that's ridiculous usually they have 10 not 13 still um but yeah they each do a different thing and they're all pretty powerful too does, does each one get its own turn no, usually the beholder has to choose. They get a certain number of actions per round, uh, and they have to choose which eye stocks they're going to do. Also, their main eye also has a really powerful ability, which is an anti-magic cone. Hmm. Uh, so beholders are actually hard to fight because they are—they can basically completely nullify all of your magic and then shoot a bunch of eye beams at you that do things like death rays. Um, so... They're very interesting. The other interesting thing about them is that you can cut off eye stalks and then they lose certain powers as you're fighting them. So Could you like use the them. eye stalks against the beholder? Probably like not. Pew pew. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like you just pull. It's like a crab claw or whatever. Yeah. You can just pull yeah. the little. <laughs> I was thinking like a pop gun. Oh yeah, there you go. Like pull a nerve and snap it. That's my my crab eating experience. Uh, coming out there. So I'm just gonna read down the list of the fifth edition beholder eye rays. Okay, is it long? It looks long. There's ten. I'm not going to actually read all the details of each one, but just a list so that we know these already exist for beholders. You're just going to name them. I'm just going to name them. Okay, great. So there's a charm ray, a paralyzing ray, a fear ray, a slowing ray, a enervation ray, uh, which is sort of a um, necrotic damage. It's like a a steal your energy kind of ray. Um, A sleep ray, a telekinetic ray, uh, which is to pick stuff up and throw it around. Um, a petrification ray, which is to turn stuff to stone. A disintegration ray, which is just like it sounds. It, it completely obliterates the matter that it hits. And finally, a death ray. Um, and of course, the death ray is exactly like it sounds, which is that um, if you are reduced to zero hit points from being hit by the ray, you die instantly. Um, rather than, say, being knocked unconscious. So this rat-faced beholder that thinks it's the actual horned rat god thing mm-hmm. um, has 13 eye stocks. So your choice, Gaelic Pontiff, you could keep the original 10 and just add three more that are more rat-like. Mm-hmm. Or you can try to make 13 original. I don't recommend that because that's a lot to keep track of, mm-hmm. um, especially because you could just take this entire list Adam just did and just add three more and that'll that'll help you out. Um so let's let's think additional eye rays that are uniquely rat 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 like eye rays. Maybe um one of them shoots uh swarms of rats at you. Sure, it could just be a swarm of rat ray. Yeah. <laughs> that actually would be really fun. I, I think especially if I was doing this, uh, honestly the um the theme here sounds like you want this to be a pretty kind of kind of more serious or more um, threatening feeling campaign. If I'm if I'm guessing at your descriptions, uh, rather than goofy, yeah. uh, to me it seems like a pretty 
it seems like it, it could lend itself to being a pretty goofy concept. You know, here's a beholder, but it's a rat beholder, which is like, uh, all right, you know, this is like could could be really goofy. I'll also say, especially in the choice between do I go with the original 10 rays, if your players have never fought a beholder before, and this is just an opportunity to be like, cool, you're going to fight a beholder, but it's a special beholder. It's a rat beholder, so it's got some cool extra abilities as well. Then I would say stick to all the 10 rays. Like, you've never done it before. It's all going to be exciting. Um, I like rat uh, rat swarm ray. That's pretty fun. And it could, like, cause a swarm of rats to come into existence that then you have to now also deal with. Totally. Um, what about a ray that turns them, bring you back to the last question, that when you get hit by it, it starts turning you into a rat? Oh, okay. So you become a were-rat? Yeah. Maybe this, you could also, like, perhaps pull this into the lore for, like, where some of the first were-rats came from was Ooh. this, was this, uh... A uh, rat beholder creature. Oh, oh okay. So until you can turn yourself back, yeah, you have a reduced something, something, something. And it could be like um, you could do it like some of the petrification stuff, where you have to like make a save, and then if you fail your save, you still have an opportunity to make one or two more saves. And if you fail all of those saves, then you become a were rat under the control of the of the were rat beholder. Mm-hmm. Which, um, as we're talking about these abilities, one of the things to keep in mind is the base beholder. The abilities are very powerful, and some of them can cause like instant death to your character. Well, remember they have um, thirteen level six players. <laughs> <laughs> they have six level thirteen players, but uh, so that, that's sort of exactly what I mean. Which is like, if you're a game master who is like good at handling and, and juggling the rules, and you're comfortable having some bad guys that may have some devastatingly powerful abilities, that could be a pretty fun one to do. Where where your players like you you start turning into a were rat. Um, like, oh my gosh, I'm turning into a were-rat. And then you can have them roll sort of confusion table stuff, where while you're turning into a were-rat, you have to roll each turn every time you try to make attacks to not turn around and attack your own teammates. Oh, that's a good one. Um, what if there is a ray that turns the environment you're standing in into a thick swamp? Ooh, that's fun. I like that because it inf- affects the environment instead of uh, right instead of other stuff. Everything becomes kind of gloopy... Difficult terrain. Everything but rat swarms and the rat beholder can walk freely in it. I think that's a cool idea. And if you are turned into a were rat, you can walk freely in it too. Ooh, but, uh, but you're you also might, you're under the control of the um, beholder. What if the uh, the beholder also gets some benefit uh, while attacking a target that is inside of the swamp? Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Um, like while inside the swamp, all of your maybe constitution or all of your dexterity saving throws have disadvantage. So the beholder is like better at hitting you because it changed the environment into a swamp. Yeah, that's good. Um, which I think would be a, kind of a cool a cool uh, shift for that too. Was one of them acid? Uh, no, I think, and I think that would be a good theme. That actually reminds me of the rat creature from Sentinels of the Multiverse. Yeah, that's well, that's exactly where I was thinking stuff. of with the swamp and the and the. the I mean, there's a, there's a disintegration ray, so that maybe has a lot of similarities to acid. But you could maybe make the argument that the acid instead makes like once again impacting the environment, uh, makes the ground acid. So mm-hmm. like a- anything hit by it, you know, has acid and maybe takes ongoing acid damage instead of just a single hit of acid. Uh, which again, you know, a lot of these rays do damage. This is just a different flavor of damage and a different flavor of application of it. Um, but you could also have it impact, you know, now all the ground in the area around that also becomes acid. And if you step set foot there, you take acid damage. Yeah. 
Along the lines of the the ray of rat swarm, it could be the ray of rat king. That's cool. Although a lot of the theme of uh, of beholders is often that they are power hungry and don't like to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rat swarm kind of makes a lot of sense because the beholder could could you know manipulates these rat swarms. I think creating a single more powerful rat seems like it it, it butts up against the beholder's power. You know what a rat king is, though, right? Oh, you were talking about the, the like, rip, tails together swarm of rats? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think I would do that instead of a rat swarm. Right. No, that's yeah, what I yeah. mean. Oh, yeah. If you if you want to flavor it as as a rat king. Yeah. If you are not familiar with the rat king, I don't, look it up. I don't, well, I don't, I don't really want to explain it. It's kind of gross. Yeah, I don't know. Google at your own risk there. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, It's not... The thing that Clara, Clara in the Nutcracker fights, it's way grosser. Yes, that is true. Although that would change the Nutcracker pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I like the swarm of rats better personally. Okay. All right. Uh, but but I, I agree. Could be a cool concept to throw in. And if you're playing a campaign where you're, you are okay playing with some, you know, gross themes or, or you really want to make this bad guy seem like a really gross bad guy, that could be a really good way to go okay i got one more okay i and i don't know if this is true or not you come if, up with all these and you're doing an amazing job oh thanks i'm like i'm like racking my brain trying to come up with more stuff i'm like no these are all great Aww, I, don't, hey, I don't need to come up oh i'll take it <laughs> um so i don't know if this is true or not if rats have to grind their teeth or if they lose their teeth and grow them oh back. like hamsters or whatever right but my thought was maybe it can shoot maybe its mouth can actually take rat teeth oh, and man. spit them at you spit rat teeth and those rat teeth can have um venom on them or something that's pretty cool i like the idea of a ranged attack that is a physical attack instead of an eye beam right that's pretty fun i think i i think i like that and 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 because it doesn't count as one of the eye stocks you could still add in that ability Without having the eye stocks there. Totally. I think they can already bite. It's like just one of their options that they can pick. They can bite you. It doesn't do as much damage as a lot of the other stuff. But um, this is a great alternative to that. That you can just add that in. Hey, if they, <laughs> they happen to want to shoot teeth at you instead of mm-hmm. instead of eye stock at you this particular round. Or maybe they can do both. Sure. Um, maybe I mean, maybe the teeth, can. they're trying to like pin you in place or something. I don't know how big the teeth are. Oh, yeah. Or um, they could... They could grow larger. Yeah. It could have a, a grow shrink ray. Oh, that's good. Like shrink you down to the size of a rat. Yeah. And then it like is is, is now much, much bigger than you. But if you're already small and mm-hmm. that ray comes out again, if you were to get into it, you would go back to normal. So like now there's these tiny little rat people who are like trying to dive in front of their teammates. Like, no, I want to take the oh, hit. Trying to, trying to get, get hit by it again so they can go back to normal. Get bigger. I mean, there is a spell that's, that's you know, a grow and shrink spell. So it would be not too dissimilar from that for, for mechanics, which would be... But you could hit, you know, a whole bunch of te- people at once with it. That might be kind of fun. Yeah. I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, I do I do think the there's clearly a lot of story to get into why this thing exists in the first place. I'm curious whether or not the players know any of this. I know, right? And like this whole Skaven assassins thing. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. And I, I don't play Warhammer, so I I have to admit I don't know much about Warhammer. It's a deep lore. There's a lot of lore and stuff that goes on in the Warhammer universe and I do not 
I do not follow it. We don't have the time. Yeah, There's it's no tough. Time. It's tough. There's a lot. I mean, it is a cool lore, and I I played like the Warhammer Online game when it came out years ago, and and I have some friends that have played some Warhammer stuff. Um, so I think there's a lot to it and I think it looks super, super fun and maybe someday I'll, I'll get more into it and learn more. Yeah. If anybody out there has a, like, this is where you should start with Warhammer, feel free to drop us a line. Send, send us an email. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be, that'd be fun to, to dive into. There's a bunch of books and stuff too. It's a whole book series. Yeah. There's a bunch of Star Wars books too. I don't have time. (laughs) This is true. My sister's read a lot of them. Sometimes it's just the time, the time you have. Speaking of the time we have. The time we have. Is to take a break. Oh, okay. It's break time. Break time. And we're back. And we're back. Welcome back. How was your break? It was great. How was your break? Oh, I did chores around the house. Oh. So boring. I trained a rat circus. What? It's a little rat circus. Here's the rat clown. Clown? Crown. You have a rat crown? No, a a rat clown. Is this in our crawl space? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I felt bad about all the rats being down there and being bored. So I decided to make a little rat circus. Did you name them? The rat trapeze artist. I did. Oh, no. They're all named Remy. (laughs) <laughs> which seemed like a good idea at the time, and now I can't keep them keep track of. You know, there's more than one rat in that movie that all have different names. What? <laughs> I gotta rewatch this movie. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, so we have a uh, um, ask a GM slash what's your ruling question. Oh, okay, great. Um, this is from fair underscore setting underscore twenty nine fifteen. Ooh, a fair setting. Fair setting. Is it a fair? Is it a fair like a um like a renaissance fair? Like a renaissance fair? I don't know. Which way is it spelled? F A I R. Oh. So, I think that kind of fair is spelled the other way, right? F A R E? No, that's a different <laughs> <laughs> That would be like a cab well, like a cab not, fair. <laughs> it's not spelled friar. Friar. So. I don't know. I like a fair setting in 20, 2915, like super futuristic fair, renaissance fair. Okay. Well, well, you know what? Well, we won't live to see it, but you know what's what's fun about that is that the super futuristic Renaissance Fair is just us sitting around in our regular clothes. It's gonna be during. It's gonna be the pandemic time when yeah. people are podcasting at home and everybody's wearing masks and stuff. Yeah. and that's that's what the Renaissance Fair is. And yeah, in twenty nine fifteen, it's very depressing. Actually, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. So, fair setting says, um, "Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller." Oh, I've been a huge fan of D&D for ages and really want to try my hand at DMing, but need advice on literally where to begin. Mm. Any product recommendations? I currently own nothing. Sorry if this is too, too new. Ha ha. But literally any advice you have will be greatly appreciated. Thanks, intrepid heroes. Oh, oh well, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Um, You're live. The uh, <laughs> twenty eight ninety nine. Twenty nine fifteen. You got A and A. Advice for where to start. Um, so I have some advice, but I'm curious what your thoughts are first. My thought is to get the red box. Yeah, that's my thought. Go out, find the D and D red box. It's got some materials in there. It's going to walk you through. Get some people who are. Um, Fun, your best pals, your family, a mix of both. 
and um, just start reading. And and don't be afraid to kind of do your best. Don't be afraid to do your best. No, what I mean is, is you know, there's a real tendency, especially for new game masters to say, I need to know all the rules or I need to know, you know, all the answers to all the questions. Um, when, when, when in doubt, roll a dice. And if it's above 10, it succeeds. And if it's below 10, then it fails. So you mean, don't be afraid that you're going to have to try. Yes. And you're not going to know everything. Right. And just start rolling. And you're, and you're going to open up the box and there's a lot of material to read. And there's a lot of like places to look for stuff. Um, I think especially if you can be honest with the people that you're playing with to say, you know, I don't, I don't know all the rules either. And we'll make it up as we go. And and remember that the goal of the game is to tell a fun story. So if you don't know a rule or you don't know, you know, what's supposed to happen next, you know, you can step in and, and say, well, I don't actually know. Let's just make something up and see, see where that goes. The um, Dungeon Master Guide actually has some really good um, make and adventure tables mm. in it um, that are spectacular for just starting to find a plot like you can have your where who your what your why and your how really mm-hmm. easily um reading through that book so um i totally agree um i don't actually know if it's called the red box anymore oh uh i think it might just be called the starter set or or something like that um but if you search for D starting materials or something like that um then i'm i'm certain that, that will point you in the right direction D&D starter set. Okay, you're right. So it's not a red box because the red box is fourth edition. So it's the D&D starter set. Got a big old dragon on the front. Mm-hmm. Can't miss it. Um, I do think it's a good way to go. Um, I'll also recommend I would be remiss if I didn't. Uh, Critical Core as a way to start off. Uh, the physical box is, by the time this podcast comes out, probably not released. Um, but the digital materials are released and available, and you can go to criticalcore.org and track them down. Um, Critical Core was designed by us. It was done, designed by by Adam Davis and myself and, and a bunch of other collaborators to specifically be a starting set of materials for getting people introduced into role-playing games, but also with outcomes related to social skill development. So um, it, it has a, a different style and a different approach, and it's not quite the same as Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, but it has it was literally pulled from the same starting material and then altered to be a little easier to be to an approach. So um, that is a good way to go. Um, there are also a bunch of role-playing game sort of one-sheeters that can be a really good starting place, I think, for getting started with role-playing games. Um, obviously, it sounds like you really uh, love Dungeons & Dragons specifically, and so that may just be a great way to go. But if you want to get a little bit of practice and run a one-shot that maybe has a little less overhead and a little less to juggle, um, you could do something like Honey Heist or Lasers and Feelings or um, something along, along those lines that may be a, a, also a good starting place for, for a new game master to jump in. I also really uh, love Reddit as a resource. There are so many subreddits um, with Dungeons and Dragons places to go. Oh, yeah. Um, DM Academy is a good one. Um, I frequent that one a lot. Is it behind the screen? DM behind the screen? Yeah, D- uh, DM behind the screen is a good one. Um, D&D tips, D&D. Yeah. There, just the D&D subreddit is actually lots of lots of great GM talk as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely encourage you to be a part of the community for, for Game Masters. It sounds like 
maybe you already are mm-hmm. uh, doing your own research and, and trying to find it. Um, maybe that's what, what brought you to this podcast. But uh, but I definitely encourage you to continue to, to just uh, dive into that. There's a lot of valuable wealth and resources there. I agree with Alyssa. Ultimately, the thing that you're going to you're going to do is no matter you might be nervous, even if you are jump in and start playing, start playing with some friends and just be willing to admit that you don't know all the rules, even though your friends may be looking to you for showing them how to play. Even as a game master, a lot of the times it looks like we know what we're doing and and it looks like we have everything planned out. And and sometimes that's the fun of the game is being a game master and getting to look like, you know, that aha, you went behind that door. All right. <laughs> um, Both doors lead to the same thing. Yeah, or I had no plan for that door, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flub a little bit. Well, let me get my grid out then. Or when while someone I says frantically think about what could possibly be behind here. Someone says, "Oh, that's just like this part of the plot. Those things are connected." Oh, you were very clever to wow. figure that out. Oh, I didn't think uh, anyone would notice that. Yeah, <laughs> write write that down. Write that down frantically. I'm just going to write these notes down. And and that is a lot of what the the experience is. Even even after being a game master for this for uh, you know 20 years, it's still you know times where my players will come up with stuff, and I'll go, "Yes, that is exactly how to solve that puzzle." Uh, good job you, even though I never thought of that before. Yeah, it's a yes and. Yes, you did it, and let's move on. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I definitely encourage you, good on you for, for jumping in, good on you for uh, being being willing and, and brave in the way that you needed to be to, to jump in and start playing, and also you're going to do great. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and you're going to have a great time with, with your friends hanging out and playing games. So uh, keep at it, and, and let us know. Drop us a line and let us know how it's how it's coming. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to use that spell. Use that spell. This spell is called the Ray of Enfeeblement. Oh, actually, really appropriate one with the Beholder question from before. Oh, really? Yeah, because he has all these eye stock rays. I did not plan that. I picked it because it started with an R, yeah. like rats. Yeah, and enfeeblement kind of sounds like a rat kind of thing. Well, I too. just thought enfeeblement was fun to say. Yeah, enfeeblement. 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 <laughs> there's two E's. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot of E's. There's a lot of E's. There's five E's in enfeeblement. Yeah. But two of them are next to each other, which makes me go, ooh, cheese <laughs> grummet. Um, okay, ray of enfeeblement. It's uh, level two, <laughs> casting time, one action, range 60 feet, components V and S, Duration, concentration up to one minute, and it says, A black beam of enervating energy springs from your finger toward a single creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target deals only half damage with weapon attacks that use strength until the spell ends. At the end of each of the target's turn, it can make a constitution saving throw against the spell. On a success, the spell ends. This is from page 271. From the player's handbook, it is a warlock, wizard, necromancy spell. So it's fun because it's a debuff. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, And uh, deal only half damage is kind of a really interesting On a hit, the target will deal only half damage with weapon attacks that use strength. So it really is. It's making you feeble. I kind of wish, especially for a level 2 spell, that it also gave them disadvantage on strength saving throws of checks oh yeah that would be better um because it feels like 
the theme of enfeeblement is like, oh, I'm making you feel weak. But like, but it should be weak across but the it board. It should be weak kind of across the board, right? Like, yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It seems like that. And it they doesn't. could have had that extra effect for a level two spell. Yeah, it doesn't level up either. There's not like on a high, if you cast right. this using a spell slot of whatever or higher. There's also, I mean, it's a level two spell and half, you know, half on damage on strength attacks against the right target could be pretty substantial. It's only one target. They continue to get more saves against it. So it's not like. You know, it's not like it's it's debilitating in any kind of major way. And most targets that have a high strength are also going to have a high constitution. Would this be better if instead of having to concentrate on it, it just happened? Maybe. If you di- if you could cast it and it didn't use up your concentration as a as a spell. Especially because then potentially you could cast it like a bunch of times. You could, right. you, could you know, spend some rounds now, debuffing I, a group I wouldn't or let you layer it. I wouldn't let you be able to cast it twice and suddenly on the same target quarter damage. Yeah, then, yeah, right. Although, I, uh, what do you? What would happen if it was against a raging barbarian who already takes half damage? Quarter damage. I think it would be quarter damage because um, it's half of a half and then I, half of a half. I sometimes will allow. Obviously, it doesn't really apply well here, but I sometimes will allow that if somebody has double resistance, I'll allow them to just become immune. Hmm. Instead of quarter damage, there's a point at which like it's not really worth trying to calculate. You know, you take you take one damage from this or whatever. You get your calculator time. out and your reading glasses and go, okay, right. hold on. Um, and otherwise, I think it just doesn't stack if you have if you have double up on some of that stuff. I do like that that this actually because it's an effect that affects the the person who is attacking would stack with barbarians resistance because. Um, this is a reduction in their damage dealt, and which is then further reduced by the barbarian's resi- resistance. That's kind of interesting. Most of the time, uh, unlike um, there's another spell called Stone Skin that gives you resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, which means you take half damage from the sources. This would stack with that if you had two people who were casting those spells um, so that you could then have quarter damage from the attacks from this strength-based person. Okay. All right, I'm I'm still a little confused in my head because right. I'm I thinking, made it confusing. You made it confusing because I'm thinking like I attack you, yeah, and now you can only deal half damage. Yeah, you it's hit me like with a rave and feeble. It's not like you're taking half damage. Correct. You're taking full damage. You're giving half damage. So where does stone skin fit into that? If you gave yourself stone skin, uh-huh. in addition to that, okay. So, so now I'm enfeebled. Yeah. So I'm dealing half damage. Right. And you have stone skin, right. which means you take half damage. Okay. So now I deal half damage to you, but and I you take, take only half of, half of that. So then I take order. Yeah. Gotcha. Figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I uh, I like I like this spell. Okay, I I doubt I would ever pick it in in favor of another spell. I might pick it at a low level. I think that's fine. Maybe. Um, I think the place where once again, like if it had more, a little more oomph, if it had disadvantage on on checks or something like that. I think the place where I struggle with this as a spell is that it only works on strength-based attacks, which means that, like, well, half the people I'm attack I'm, I'm dealing with in combat, you know, that bow guy doesn't work against him, that wizard over there doesn't work against him, you know, it only works against, you know, a small percentage of the the bad guys or the, the creatures or whatever that I may be fighting. And suddenly you're like, mine, mine, I get him. Dibs right, on right. that oh, one. Oh, I'm going to do that one or whatever. And there are a lot of other spells that may also work against those creatures, those bad guys, those enemies, and 
also work against the wizards and, and the, the bow guys and stuff. You know, if I take like a hold person or or a uh, you know another debuff spell where I slow them down or or prevent them from getting to me, that would work against any of those, not just the strength based ones. Right. So. I think it's a cool and interesting spell. It's hard to sometimes compete against the other available spells in the in the game. Well, this one is fun to say. It is fun to say. And you could maybe make it so that your your wizard or your warlock or whoever casts this spell keeps going, do you feel enfeebled? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, that makes it worth it. That makes it, it like, makes up for the whole thing. Because you could shout, Ray of Enfeeblement. Right. As right as you cast it. Lipstick taser. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Hey, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) That's it. Hey, you made it. You did it. You, <laughs> you made it. it. You made it you made through, it through our, that whole. You made it through our echo chamber. Our echo chamber. You're coming out the other side, and hopefully, we'll get some soundproofing in here. But it won't happen next week. Don't I'm be concerned you. if you take your headphones off and then you realize that the whole world sounds muffled. That's just because our sound is so terrible this week. <laughs> and next week. And next week, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Likely. Yes. Likely true. Very likely. We bought a house. Maybe we have we'll no up, money maybe for we'll soundproofing. Maybe we'll put up some curtains. We'll pin them to the wall. Or something. That might Maybe we'll just take old mattresses and yeah, and make this a Daria room. There you go. La, 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 la. I like it. Well, with that, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember that you can always reach out and contact us. You can go to our website at nextsessionpodcast.com. You can submit a question. You can submit feedback. You can look up resources on our resources tab. You can look at weird uh, cartoon pictures of us. Yeah. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook at The Next Session. And you can find us on Instagram at Next Session Podcast. And I'm Alyssa Johns. What? what? <laughs> and I'm Adam Johns. <laughs> Do I say the next part or do you say it? (laughs) Tune in next time. We'll help you prep for your next session. Bye. (laughs)